I'm Dave Benson, and this is how you sell without selling out. Rogers that. Hi, everybody. I'm Rogers Healy, and welcome to Rogers That, a podcast dedicated to selling without selling out. And I have a super quick question for you. Have you ever heard of a company called Super Quick Question? The answer is probably yes, because they're blowing and they're going. And I've got the founder today, a buddy of mine, Dave Benson, who epitomizes everything about just being an American that works his face off until he figures it out. He's got a background in working for big tech companies, which we're going to talk about. He's a father, he's a friend, he's a leader, and he's navigating the rough waters of entrepreneurship. Uh, we connected through a mutual friend who's in the space of celebrity meets software meets experience. And I heard about Dave's company uh, uh, earlier in 2023, and I fell in love with it. Uh, and, you know, kind of kismet happened. We became buddies. We uh, have a similar sense of humor, similar work ethic, and most importantly, the ability to go and just refuse to quit. Uh, and so Dave's company finds a way to go and bridge the gap between you know, you can't say no, you cannot say no to helping somebody. And he's found a way to do that in real time. And so uh, Dave is a funny guy. Uh, one of my favorite memories of Dave is when the first time we were able to meet was in Dallas, we did an event here. And he got to present to about 100, maybe 50 to 100 other founders. And I think he described it as his worst nightmare come true. So I'm excited uh, to, to relive that nightmare. Uh, and with all that being said, my friend Dave Benson, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. It wasn't my worst nightmare. It was up well, You there. said this is like you imagine everybody in your underwear and then you, <laughs> you know, you, you did a great job. But maybe let, let's, let's take, take us down the path of Dave Benson. Who, who are you? What got you to where you're at today? Yeah, I used to work in sports media for a while. I mean, that's not who I am, but that's my career path. I worked for ESPN, the BBC, uh, Bleacher Report for a bunch of years, and then my career pivoted into tech. And then I was working for IBM, which was one of my favorite jobs. Um, everybody there was really smart. Everybody there talked a lot. And I like to talk quickly and briefly when I can. And the meetings were really long and filled with words. And that just kind of didn't really fit my, my MO. So what I started doing was I would send somebody a message and I would say, I know we've got a half hour next week, but I bet I could get this done at your desk in one minute if we do it right now. And like you said, tough to say no. It's really, really difficult to turn down an invitation for one minute. So that was what I did. I would just go over to people's desks and I always wore this kind of goofy surf watch as a prop. Beep it and I'd say, let's go. Let's talk right now. I go, how about this? How about this? How about this? I'm going to go do this if you don't have any objections. Awesome. Cancel that half an hour. Minutes a lot longer than people think. So we used to get a lot of stuff done and that became my whole MO um, and even got to the point when I would walk by those, those glass conference rooms at IBM and it'd be filled with people. And the one person I needed would be in there and I would just go like this at the door and they would wave me in and they would interrupt their meeting for a minute because they knew ultimately that would save me, them and anybody else invited to a meeting later on a half an hour. No way. Uh, so that, yeah. That led to my whole sort of quest for efficiency. You still have the surf watch? What'd you say? Uh, do, do you still have the surf watch? I do. It's in the other room. I just didn't put my watch on yet today. Okay. Well, so walk, walk, is, you know, the, the background obviously was perfect working for IBM, which you don't seem like a very IBM corporate, um, you know, work in a box kind of, kind of person, but obviously that proves you have intellect, but you know, you, you do this and, and you know, I hate to bring this company out, but I think it's important. Cameo. When, when do you think Cameo came out? It was like eight, nine years ago. Yeah. And, I think Cameo, so Cameo was brilliant for the time cameo and and that's why they were worth so much money and that's why they got such a huge amount of market share um 
and Cameo has kind of settled into a different position than what it was originally intended for. Um, now Cameo is very much for more accessible celebrities and it's sort of like gag gifts and stuff like that. And it works really well for that, right? Like if you want Kevin from the office to say happy birthday to your uncle and you have whatever it is, a couple hundred bucks or something, that's what it is. And it's awesome. And I think the fact that Cameo does that one thing and does it well is really smart. And, um, yeah, it works out really well. And for us, you know, we're a different, we're a different proposition. Um, as you know, Roger, super quick question is a live fan engagement platform, right? It's a meet and greet. That is the equivalent, the, the digital equivalent of riding in an elevator with your hero, where you get that moment, that minute that you share together, where you're both focused on that same minute and you can get an answer to the question that you've always wanted to ask. So if it's, you know, Don Henley or something, you're able to say, what is your songwriting process? Right. Or who would you most want to do a collaboration with in your whole life? Whatever it may be, you know, for me, it was always the athletes, right? I know you're a huge, huge music guy. I love music too. But for me, it was always no, I'm more. Not, I'm a sports guy too. You come up yeah. here, I have music in my office, but it's all jerseys on the, on the outside. But I think, unfortunately, I know a lot of athletes. Uh, yes. I don't know a lot of musicians, which is why I can continue to be a music fan, to be perfectly yeah. I feel we all get these moments in our lives, right? And I'm sure you have them too, where your fandom becomes cemented. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get to meet an athlete, you get to meet a musician, you get to meet... When I was a little kid, I met... You, you know the magicians, Penn and Teller? They're, you know... Dude, I'm not, I'm not eight years old. Of course yeah. I know Penn and Teller. Yeah, so I've, seen them, I've seen them in Vegas. So before they were very famous, when I was like 10, my dad took me to see Penn and Teller at a really small theater. And then at the intermission, this is how long ago this was, everybody went outside to smoke. And they went outside to smoke too. So they were outside of the, the theater. And I ran outside just to hear whatever they were saying, you know, little kid at the time. And they're cracking wise and making jokes to everybody. And then Penn Gillette looks at me and he says, listen, kid, you shouldn't smoke unless you want to look cool. And for me, that was like a really formative moment. I thought it was really funny. Um, and to this day, I still smoke. No, I don't actually smoke. But it was you, know, <laughs> it was, you, had, your, you had your first puff at nine. <laughs> but it was a fun interaction. And for me, like that was now Penn Gillette, Penn and Teller are so famous. And I had that moment. In that one moment, he was making a joke directly to me. He was talking directly to me. So forever, I'll be Penn and Teller fan. So who's, uh, we're, we're kind of digressing, but we have to. And obviously, there's, what I love about your company, other than you, and the fact you've got structure and you have IP on software, which is unfreaking heard of, and I want to go down that path and explain it. Um, but the verticals of opportunity here are crazy, right? And I think that's what companies like Cameo have missed the boat on because they've overbranded themselves, you know, as a birthday video or maybe get well or here's, you know, Abby for her wedding gift. Her friend's got the guy from the uh, Sex in the City, Mr. Big, to send her a video. I was like, oh, that's cute. But you forget about it, you know, but with yeah. you, there's ways to actually grow as well. And, and, and so walk us through the process. If let's say I'm a huge fan of, of Adam Duritz of the Counting Crows and Adam Duritz is on the platform. What do I do? How do I get access to Adam Duritz or to Penn Gillette or to, you know, I know there's a lot of soccer players, you know, other athletes, et cetera. What does that look like? The, one of the key differentiators is that the fans don't pay. And to your example, Adam Duritz, if you're walking down the street and you're running to Adam Duritz, you said, can I get a picture with you? And he said, sure, do you have 150 bucks? Yeah. That would really ruin the experience. 
And it would also make you think what's going on in his life that he needs my 150 bucks, right? It's so some, the way that, by the way, with autographs, it's insane. Yeah. Well, that's a whole different topic, which one that yeah. I talked about a lot. I was just at a, at a, I was on a panel recently talking about that where autograph hunters have kind of ruined it for real fans because they, they are aggressive and they're, it's, it's the commodification of, of the memorabilia. So it's like, I'm getting this autograph and then it's immediately going on eBay or whatever to sell it. And that ruins it for the real fans. Unless so you ask for it to be personalized, which I, I've, I've done the autograph since I was a kid and my name is, is a rare name. And so I found that if they sign something for me, you know, they know it's going in a frame and it's living on my wall. Yeah. Well, you're a real fan, right? And, yeah. and, and it's difficult for them to tell them apart. So with our platform, so the example with, with Adam would be he's going on tour, whether it's Ticketmaster or his own record label, they want to promote it for the real fans, for the VIP fans, for the contest winners, or it may be, whatever it may be. So they'll say, they'll pop something on social media, or they will send something out to the same list of people that would get backstage passes or VIP access. And let's say, look, the concert's in a few weeks, you've bought tickets, we're going to give you an opportunity to ask Adam Duritz whatever you want. They'll send that out to either the entire arena's worth of people, a thousand people, and they will select a small top of the pyramid group of people to say, congratulations, two days before the, the concert or the day of the concert, you're going to get a chance to ask your question to Adam Duritz. So you'll have put in your name, your email address and your question, right? So it's, what's your favorite song you've ever written? What, who's your favorite artist that isn't you? You know, ask him about one of his famous exes or whatever it may be. And you ask these questions and then- You're an Adam Duritz fan. Yeah. Yeah. So you get this list of fans, these yeah. super fans that are lucky enough to have that moment that's been synthesized. So they don't have to be lucky enough to ride in an elevator with them by accident. You've actually scheduled it. And then when the day of the event comes, the super quick question event comes, Adam is sitting in front of his computer and you're on your phone or your computer. And you say, listen, I was, maybe your question is what's the set list for the upcoming concert? And he says, I'm going to start with long December. Oh my God, that's my favorite song. But when the moment comes, it's just the two of you, like it's just the two of us now, and you're live. So you're having an actual conversation with this guy where he's focused on nothing but you for that solid minute. It's not being streamed to the internet. It's not being peeped on by other people. It's just your moment. And you get to share that. And that's a really special thing that doesn't exist anymore. And a minute, like you said earlier, is a lot longer than you think, especially if you are fully present for 60 seconds. Yeah, for so sure. So you're, you're pitching this, right? And, you, and, you, and again, how, how long ago did you start the company? I only quit my job at IBM less than two years ago. So it's so a, that's a long time, right? Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, the first year for a founder is euphoria, right? It's everything is new and you're learning and, you know, people are supporting you. There's something about year two that's kind of a make or break year, right? And then year three is sludge and year four, you know, everything kind of starts to kind of play to your favor. But when you first put this out there, right? And again, it was so fascinating to me that you have intellectual property on a concept, right? So what was that like? How did you go and meld business with your passion with also not realizing that you, you know, I don't know who you're, who's your Don Henley or Adam Duritz, who would be the person you would meet, Penn Jillette or whoever, where you have to still remove the fandom, but still have a hype for the business as well. So what was that process like? Well, you know, as you know, we started as a business efficiency platform and which we will be again, right? The idea was that People have too many meetings. People aren't happy. There's Zoom fatigue and burnout. 
lack of connectivity and all that. So that's a space that we are going to get into after we raise this round and we're able to expand. We found traction in sports early because we're a four person company. We had to play the hot hand and go where the action was. So we signed one NFL team and then we signed an NBA team and then an wow. NHL team and then a WNBA team. And those all were using it the same way. So we found that fans are fans are fans. And it's really what we're selling. You know, the old expression, the, 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 the adage about the guy from Stanley drills that said, we're not selling drills. We're selling holes. So that's us, right? We're not selling this platform. What we're selling is the access and access is something that people want. We're selling these memories mm. and the, these conversations that are unique. They truly are. And they're, they're really, really hard to come by, whether it's with the CEO of Coca-Cola or it's with a professor or an author or a musician or an athlete. Those are the vertices that, that eventually we're going to, we're going to be living in. Did you have to pivot yet? Have you, have you, have you pivoted? Have you pivoted at all? Has there been a moment, you know, in the first 24 months where you're like, this is not what I expected time to go and go the other direction. Oh yeah. We, we don't like to say pivot, but we totally did. <laughs> it was like, we were going after the big fortune 500 companies and having them install it to replace meetings and for bosses to connect with their departments without sacrificing their entire calendars. And we got installed in some huge companies. We had Coca-Cola and IBM. We had somebody in Amazon testing it out for us, Roku, all these big companies. But then we found that the real traction was in sports. When we signed the, we signed the Cleveland Browns as our first team. And then from talking to them, we realized what it was as a fan access platform. And then actually a conversation with an astrophysicist at NASA helped kind of solidify that decision because we were talking about using it for engineers to talk to each other, which is still going to do. But he was saying this would be great for one of our public events because people always ask these long nested questions, which he says, great term, which is a question within a question. Like I have one question, 20 subparts. But he said somebody can, can hijack an entire public event by asking one question for 20 minutes. So this is a great way for people to be able to say, I want to talk to this astronaut. I want to talk to this flight command person or whatever. Um, but yeah, that led to our pivot where we said, okay, this is what we're selling for now is the mem these special moments between fans and the people they adore. Do you remember the first time maybe a child or somebody our age even was able to connect with their hero? Dude, it was the first time we did one with Wrexham AFC, the soccer team, the football club in, in Wales that's owned by Rob McElhenney and, and Ryan Reynolds. And it was um, the very first kid in the queue. So the way it works is you queue up 40 fans or so for an athlete and the parents registered and the kid was there and it was Ben Foster, who was, who was one of the stars of the team, who's famous for having a real Ben Tozer rather, who's famous for having a really long throw in. And this kid, we call, we still to this day within the company, we call him the, Oh my God kid, because it goes live. He's in the queue three, two, one, and then he's up and then it goes live. And then there he is opposite his hero. And Ben Tozer says, Oh, Hey, how you doing? And the kid goes, Oh my God. And <laughs> he isn't able to speak and he's starstruck. And it's clearly a moment, whether Ben Tozer is on the team next year or not, this kid is now forever a Ben Tozer fan. And he got, he said to his question was my, I want my thrones to be as good as yours. I'm not good at them. And because it was a private forum and because Ben was not having to be concerned with 10,000 people on the internet and crappy comments coming in, 
he was able to say, great, look, here's what you do, kid. W on the back of the ball, over your head, throw it against the garage as many times as you can, get it to bounce over your head. And so he gave this kid expert advice. And this kid, I'm assuming now, is much better at throw-ins, but I know for sure he loves Bentozer forever. Man. And all, and again, the kid got to do it for free because he, he essentially won the lottery, right? And yeah, his, his dad was on a newsletter list as a fan of Wrexham. And um, yeah, he was one of the ones selected. And you know, what we see a lot, which is a good sort of data point for us, is that fans keep registering. Like if they don't get it the first time, which you know, it's 40 people per event. So a thousand people might register sometimes more. We had 10,000 uh, people register for an event with a Brazilian superstar, a Brazilian pop star named Anita, an event sponsored by Pepsi. So we had 10,000 registrants. And out of those, we only selected 40. Wow. So it is a really special thing. However, you know, Pepsi is able to send a note to all of those not selected to say, thank you for trying. Here's a coupon code. Here's something for registering anyway. But what we're finding is people keep trying because they all want to get this opportunity. But, but this is the, the, the beauty of the business is Pepsi is technically your client. Pepsi yeah. is the one. And it's better to have a Fortune 50 company versus 10,000 people whose credit card you're, you know, you're gonna have to go through the processing of that. And that's, that's kind of probably a nightmare. Do you feel like that's the path that you're going to continue to take? Is that one of the IP, you know, verticals that you have under lockdown? Yeah. I mean, we, the brands are where it's at, right? You think about everything and it's always going to come down to advertising, at least to some degree. I was just on a panel um, in Miami talking about sports investments and sports tech. And one of the key factors that I was talking about is, as for my fellow panelists is that what you're after is the fans. And then you don't want the money from the fans. You want the advertisers to pay you to advertise to those fans. And then everybody wins because fans are much smarter these days. Audiences are much smarter and more discerning these days. So I'm very willing to watch a five second pre-roll if it's going to give me the content I want. And then in our specific example, I'm delighted to see that this event that I get to attend for free with my favorite singer is presented by Pepsi. Great. Awesome. Thank you, Pepsi. Next time I'm there and I'm choosing between Coke and Pepsi, I'm probably going to push my hand towards the Pepsi, right? To thank them for the, uh, for the opportunity. So the brands are really where it's at because we don't think that it's, it, it diminishes the experience when fans pay and, and the brands have the money and the brands are trying to connect to those people anyway. So we're just kind of making it a little bit easier and much more um, transparent. We had one of our clients, the chief marketing officer of, of a sports ownership group who owns three teams. He said, um, this is like dating our fans instead of stalking our fans. Hmm. And I love that because there's a data collection element where the fans will fill out a form, name, email address, what city you're in, whatever it may be. And it's understood where it's like, just answer these very basic questions and then you get a chance to talk to this athlete or celebrity and the brands like it too, because they're not having to do something salacious like, you know, data scraping and tracking and all this nonsense. They just say, look, we'd love to know what city our fans are in. Where are we popular? Right. We, we want to know what gaming station you have, right. Stuff like that. So it's, it's works out really well for everybody. So uh, off record or not off record, but maybe off topic. Who's the person that you, I mean, who's the person, if you had a one minute with them on super quick question, who are you going to spend your time with? Years ago, I got to meet Kurt Vonnegut, who is my favorite wow. author. Slaughterhouse, uh, Slaughterhouse Five? Yeah. yeah. And I had such a stupid 
question for him. (laughs) You know, prolific author. I took a class in college. It was all, I think everybody did, right? Where it was all books by him. But he was in a fairly rated movie called Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, duh. Which is like, you know, it's not an awesome movie, but I've seen it enough times that I feel it like also it's- starred Squee Scolari from Basketball. Yeah. He, was the, he was the kid. Yeah, which and is also super important. School, yeah. So and he, Daddy um, Lawrence was in it also. It was it was a, a, a let's call it a, an un, unsung masterpiece. Yeah, it was in it for two minutes and not even two minutes. He was in it for 20 seconds. And, and I, when I met him, I said, how did that come about? And he so he's been a, a he had been a smoker from the time he was 17. And I asked him, how did you get cool. yeah. would have liked Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah, right. But he has this coughing fit. He starts laughing so hard that he has this coughing fit. And I thought I killed Kurt Vonnegut. And he told me the story of how he got in. He said that that. They wrote the script for him and they sent it to him and Rodney Dangerfield called him and said, look, this is your line. And um, it was just funny. And it was like, he, obviously, he's not going to get asked that question by, you know, Barbara Walters or Anderson Cooper or whoever. So I wanted to find that out and I got to find that out. Well done. So, so what, what's the what's the path here? How, how do you keep growing this thing? Right. How do you go and get Exxon to be a client, but also get the Boston Celtics? Like what, what, what's the what's the divide and conquer? You're, you're essentially saying the hero product right now essentially celebrities, right? You get Ryan Reynolds, Wrexham team, you get the Cleveland Browns, you get, you know, the WNBA teams, et cetera. But how do you see this thing growing to where you're going to be in conversations with other titans of the industry where maybe it's an IPO play, maybe it's something where you get acquired by someone that says, I wish they would have done this at the beginning, but what's, what's the path you have in front of you after you close the funding? Yeah. Well, I mean, our pat, like you had asked this before, but our patents are really good, which is fortunate for us. So, you know, it, it would make sense for somebody to buy us and then just use our tech. But the path for us is I got some some really smart advice while I was at IBM, which is all about agility, which is funny coming from one of the biggest, oldest companies in the world. We are being very cognizant of what our users are saying and what our clients are saying. So if they're saying the, the, the money comes from the brands, we're listening. And if they're saying we want this to be a free premium offering to the fans. That's also what we're listening to. So we're going after the teams directly, which is becoming easier and easier now that our traction is building. You know, you get one premiership. I was just over in London and I was talking to two really top flight soccer teams. We get either one of those two signed on, which you will soon, then a bunch will come. MLB, we just signed the Houston Astros. A, much, a bunch more are going to come after that, right? Because nobody wants to be first, but everybody wants to be a fast follow. Um, and then also with agencies, we're talking to three of the biggest agencies in the world right now who all want to kind of try and sell advertising against what we're doing. So that's awesome too, because they can do a lot of the lifting for us where it's like, rather than me trying to find the right person at whatever beverage company, these guys already know them and they also have a relationship with the team so they can put two and two together for us very easily. So we're kind of at this precipice right now where it's just all becoming a lot um, easier and more obvious. What's the hardest part about being a founder? Probably the fundraising is, is the hardest just because you know, this as well as anybody, you have to have the same conversation over and over. And I think it's really, so this is part B of my answer, which is the fundraising, but also it's finding the right person to talk to. We've had so many conversations with the wrong person where you talk to somebody at a VC, let's say, and have a 20 minute conversation with them. say, I really like what you're doing. This is really cool. 
you know, how much money you need. And then we say, oh, we're raising 3 million bucks. They go, oh yeah, we don't do anything smaller than 10. It's like, okay, well then what are we doing here? <laughs> you, know? you need to do a super quick question with them. Yeah, exactly. But you know, these things happen and it's, just, it's the same thing. You, you have these conversations. It's the same thing with the sales stuff too, right? Where you, we've learned now that the chief marketing officer is the person we want to talk to. So all the other conversations that we have are like, great, can you introduce us to the chief marketing officer? Because that's going to be the person that's going to make this magic happen. Hmm. Um, but yeah, the, fun, the fundraising is always a challenge. And especially in this environment, um, it's gotten a lot less challenge. At times, it's very unchallenging. Our first round came through really quickly. We raised the whole thing in three months. Um, but yeah, now when you get into raise the, the part where you're raising more money, it's one of those things where you've got to find the right partners because we, I, I know I told you this, this anecdote as well, and I'll be very careful not to mention the names. There was this hedge fund that wanted to invest in us. We got a, uh, or it was a VC rather, and we got a term sheet from them and their analysts did their due diligence. And we were very pleased with the, the valuation and the terms. But then this other guy came in that one of the, the, the principals of the, the firm and he wanted to change all the terms. And then he was talking to me wrong and he was talking to my guys wrong. And then we asked around about him, which we should have done way sooner. And people were like, yeah, not a, not a great guy to work with. So we're like, okay, it's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It, you know, the, the stuff we've been able to do in the VC space, I found that founders, the best founders shouldn't be raising money, right? But it's such a double-edged sword because you have to raise money to be able to lead the companies. And, you know, you're doing that. So it leads me to my next question. What's been the most rewarding part? The, the oh my God, kid. I mean, stuff like that. Obviously, you can bank that forever and that's going to give you the feel goods, you know, all, all day long. But if you had to pinpoint, you know, the highlights so far in 24 months of doing this, what would you say it is? I'll give you two. Um, the, the general, the general answer is when the athletes, and these are top tier athletes we're talking about who've done, you know, been famous for a while. When they start telling me how cool they think it is, it's really rewarding because for these guys and gals, like they have to submit themselves to fan engagement opportunities, whether in person or online or on social media, which is generally a terrible place. So they're all finding that they're enjoying themselves doing super quick question, which is awesome for me. When they say we had a hall of fame football player the other day who said, geez, they, you know, my old team just flew me out for the home opener with my family. They had to put us up and feed us and blah, blah. He's like, I would have done 10 of these instead of that. So that was kind of cool. But my more, the, the real answer is that we did a last Christmas, we did a pilot for a super quick Santa event, which was just on spec. We didn't have a sponsor or anything, Wow! but talk about, you know, perfect thing for a minute. If you've been a good boy or girl, like, what do you want for Christmas? And we got a note after there was this adorable kid who was dressed head to toe in Batman stuff. Mm -hmm. And we get a note from his mom after said, God bless super quick question. My son has epilepsy and he's never been able to meet Santa because oh. there's too many stimuli at the shopping mall. Kid can't oh. go to the mall. And we were just like, oh. we didn't, we never even thought of that. We were just like, oh, let's see if this works. And she wrote this whole long thing about how it made his Christmas. It made his year and blah, blah, blah. So we're like, oh, this is nice. We can do this for kids with epilepsy. We can do this for kids with autism, anybody with immunodeficiency disorders, people who just don't like going in public. Um, oh. You know, so it's just it, like I was saying before, it's the access to these memorable moments that it, those are the, the holes that we're, that we're selling. Dude, it's amazing. Best advice you've ever received. Oh man, I would say probably find advisors that you trust and then listen to them when you think it's right. Huh. I love that. 
and then the best advice you can give somebody. I think that's, that's some of the best advice. I mean, I've got a million of them. I think it's one of those things that it's like, you have to find the balance between confidence and stubbornness and agility. Because I've seen startup people who say, no, 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 this is, this is my thing. This is the thing that I said I was going to do. And then they ride it right into the ground. And then you can also be too far on the other side where you just are trying to be everything to everyone. And then you lose sight of what it is that you actually set out to do in the first place. So I think that the, the middle ground is being agile, right? Like you want to be a, a, a jet ski instead of a, a cruise ship. But at the same time, you don't want to just do everything that everybody says because then you'll find yourself without any identity. That's really good. A jet ski instead of a cruise ship. Do you make that up? I don't know. Maybe. It's really it's really clever. It's really, really wise. Uh, you look back in 10 years. You look back in 30 years, 50 years. And let's say in three years, super quick question is, you know, it's part of daily conversation like some of these other companies we've, we've talked about. And, and you think about the stuff that you've done and you talk about legacy plays. It, what what we what we be most proud of? Obviously, there's the Santa situation there. There's, there's the Wrexham situation. But you know, as this thing scales up, what do you feel like you're going to be? Like, all right, I made an impact here. What, what's going to be the moment, or what's going to be the thing? Yeah, I mean, I, and I love that question. I think it's a couple of things, right? And they're both really ambitious. I love what we're doing now. That people are getting these lifelong memories where they're getting to meet these folks that they would never get to meet, whether it's because they live in a different part of the world, they can't afford a ticket, or, you know, they just don't happen. At, how, how often do we get to meet our heroes? It's very, very rare, right? So the fact that we're making that less rare while keeping it special um, is something that's cool. I, lo I love the idea of, you know, when we get these notes from people saying like, well, I'm so glad I got to meet this guy. Thanks for super quick. Those things are great. The other side, the less kind of, of, of emotional side is if we can help save people's morale and sanity in the workplace and make that experience more connected, that will be what we set out to do in the first place. You know, we, we have an executive from, a, from an enormous uh, power company who said that meetings were ruining his life. And he said it not tongue in cheek. He said, ruining my marriage, ruining my relationship with my kids, ruining my my mentality, my mental health. Because every day he looks at his calendar and it's just meeting, 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 meeting. So what he's doing, the super question is he's using it as a gatekeeper for his calendar. I understand you want a half an hour. Let's see if we can't solve it in a minute. So he pops open an hour on his calendar where people can jump in for a minute. He goes, great, that question, I can solve it. Paternity leave policy is this. That question's actually not for me. I'm going to refer you to this guy, blah, blah. And then suddenly he said it's like a video game where he watches his calendar and he sees them pop, pop, pop. Like these, me these meetings disappear that were otherwise taking him away from his life. So if we can save that guy's sanity and also allow him to have a better relationship with his team and his team to have a better path of access to him, then that's also, I'll, I'll be very proud of that as well. You're giving people the gift that no one else can give them. You're giving them the gift of time. And, 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 it's and again, that's yes, what excites me. Yeah, but I mean, in one minute, you know, nobody's going to say no to, to one minute. Nobody. You cannot. And again, what a, what a great company name. Super quick question. You think about how many times you've said that to people over the course of your life. Yeah. It's tens of thousands of times. And you, I don't know how many minutes you've logged already as a company, but I think that's going to be crazy, too, to look back and say, we hit a million minutes. We hit 10 million minutes. We hit a billion minutes. And, yeah. 
you know, that's, that's measurable. And I think that's, yeah. that's incredible. Um, so, so as far as the fans are concerned, right, let's say somebody's watching this and they're a soccer fan, maybe they're an IBM fan, maybe there's a, they're a Dave Benson fan. What's the, what's the process for going and becoming a user on the site? Well, look out for it because we're getting in it more and more teams uh, and brands and, and music stars. But for now, I would say talk to your, send a note to your team, tweet at them, tell them that they got to employ super quick question because they you want access to the to the players or the or the stars. Who's your dream client? Who would be the, the one company you're like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe that they're a paying customer of my business. Well, for me, so dream. So there's two different questions for me. Like I want Beck because I love Beck. And yeah, I know we've discussed this, like Beck's my dude and I see him in concert whenever he's anywhere near me. Um, so I want it just because I want to jump on a super quick question with him and, and fanboy about it. Uh, but as for what company I want, it, we'll see, right? I, right now, the leagues are the ones that are exciting me the most. You know, so if we get in with, we're talking to one of the biggest leagues on the planet that has a zillion teams. So if we can get in on a league level there, I'll be even happier than I am now. That's awesome. Last question. Best way to support you. How, how do we do it? Um, like whether it's Dave Benson, whether it's the company, what, what's the what's the call to action for everybody that's listening and watching you today? Follow us on LinkedIn, follow us on social media. And, you know, if you think of any ideas for us, send them our way. Love it. And that's at super quick question, by the way, anybody wondering. Uh, and then is that Kilroy? Is that who your logo is? What, let's 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 talk about the super quick question logo. This was classically, so this is supposed to be a guy peeking over a partition and a cubicle partition. And uh, yeah, I drew it on a, on a, I drew a very bad version of it. And then a very good designer made it better for us. I love it. But certainly, in, certainly inspired by the, the 1940s graffiti uh, Kilroy. Kilroy was here. Um, so we talked Kurt Vonnegut. We talked about Wrexham. We talked about Kilroy. Anything with that super quick question that we've forgotten that we can make sure to, to wrap a bow on it and let people know. No, just, you know, we're getting, we're, we're, we're going to be everywhere soon. So keep, keep looking out. If you get the opportunity, sign up and, and hope that your team or your, or the record label of your artist or your boss or your brand or whatever starts using it. Love it. Well, thanks for joining us today. Great story. Superquickquestion.com. And then on social media, at Super Quick Question. Dave, thanks for being a friend and for being a partner and for giving us 38 minutes of Super Quick Questions. Thank you, buddy. I love your backdrop. Thank you.